Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's going on, man? Just trying to raise the bar of this podcast by bringing in some true professionals. Are you excited about today's guest? I always love it when we bring in some experts that make us look really good. I know, Lil. Let's, let's introduce Joel Goldberg. Hi, Joel. Hello, Matt and Matt. Well, I don't know if I'm going to raise the bar or lower the bar. We're going to find out. We'll find out. We're going to find out. And uh, I don't even know how to announce you because the conversation we had right before this is um, making me wonder what we're... What we can say, you, you are a baseball announcer. No, you can announce me in any way you want. I can? Yeah. Okay, so... It's, just a, it's a podcast. Let me let me back up then. Not a commercial. Kansas City Royals announcer and guy who frequently gets buckets of water dumped on him by Salvador Perez, Joel Goldberg, everybody. That's a fair introduction. Okay. <laughs> I always tell everybody, like, introduce me however the heck you want uh, in terms of an interview or a speech or whatever. Like, hey, what do you want to say? Whatever you want to say. Yeah, well, and I, that could go bad too. I, I feel like that was appropriate. No, that was good. Yeah, I think that's honestly how most people know you. Um, and yeah, as the guy, you know, the number one question I get around town is it's not about how are the Royals going to be or how is the game. You get some of that too. It's how much is your dry cleaning bill? <laughs> no doubt. Every no day. Doubt. And for those of us, so, there are worse things to be known for, I guess. I don't know. For those of you that are listening, um, Joel is a local commentator for Kansas City's Major League Baseball team, the Royals. And when the Royals win, they will, you know, Joel will interview the player of the game or someone that's a key player. And it's not uncommon for the Royals all-star catcher, Salvador Perez, to then dump a full bucket of ice water, um, usually on the player, sometimes on Joel and sometimes on both. Right. So, yeah. No, that's accurate. And I always wonder, like, what happened to the day and age where we grew up with, like, a high five or a pat on the back? But now, you know, you got to dump buckets of Gatorade or water on guys, and they punch each other and rip each other's jerseys off. Like, I don't know where we evolved to just, like, a good job. It's got to make a bigger splash. It's a bigger splash. (laughs) I mean, I want you guys to know that I am planning on dumping a bucket of ice water on Matt Watson later. Which I would not mind. Sorry, Matt, because everybody walks up to me all the time. And uh, if I'm doing a speaking engagement or whatever, they'll say, hey, guess what? We might have a bucket back there. And, you know, hey, we got a bucket of confetti. Can we dump this on you? Which is fine. (laughs) It's all part of the shtick. And and I'm not I'm not criticizing anyone for it. I'm a good sport with all of it. But so often I feel like they they feel like they have done something that no one has done before. And I've seen it. So if you want to dump the bucket on Watson, great. I'm going to dump Sorry, something Matt. other than ice water on you. Well, you guys work that out. But yeah. you know what? It's it's all fun, at least with Salvador Perez. I know you were asking me before about, you know, does it get older or, or that type of stuff. And it's, you know, it's not anything I ever ask for, but it's not a bad thing too. I mean, you know, we live in this day and age where everything is cliches and everything is, is, is by the book. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why people like it. There's nothing that creative about it, but it shows personality. People are usually smiling. People are having a good time. They like traditions. They like traditions. And I say that 
people, and this is where where I think it's actually a big deal, is that people stay in their seats at the end of the game just to watch it. And I know that it bothers them when it doesn't happen because they'll come up to me afterwards and say, hey, where was the Salvi splash? That's what they call it, the Salvi splash. And I'll say, I don't, like, if he, if he didn't come out to do it at the end of a win, I'll say, I don't know. Like, ask him. And, of course, they have access to me. They don't have access to him. Maybe he is injured. Maybe something's going on that he needed to attend to. But people get, I don't want to say upset, but people always are wondering and a little bit bummed out when it doesn't happen. So, for me, why not be a part of it? Does it only happen on a win? Only on a win. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so we're hoping I, this happened a lot. Yeah, but, when, <laughs> yeah. but now we, yeah, it was a little bit less last year. So my dry cleaning bill was less. But when we celebrate our wins, I mean, I think this is a good way to do it. You know, I'm a big fan of celebrating the wins. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, Joel, we're here on a podcast about startups and entrepreneurism and a lot of different stuff. And you do some things around Kansas City, right? A few things here and there. Yeah, and yeah. I'm still trying to figure out all of what I want to do, but and you've heard me say this before, but I, I have this unbelievable job. I've been in TV for 24 years, 11 here in Kansas City, where they pay me to go to a game and talk about it. Right. It's a great gig. And, and, and you know, not for everyone, but I travel around the country. I go to all the Major League Baseball stadiums. I walk in and get paid to do this stuff. And I, let's get past what people will say to me, oh, my, how cool is it to be around? People are people. All right, so they might be superstars. Uh, Matt, you you worked in the music business for a while. It's cool at first, and then you realize they're just people. Some yeah. guys are good guys. Some guys are bad guys. Some guys are introverts. Some guys are extroverts, on and on and on. But it's a fun job, and, and I love it. But what I never really realized is how many other things there were out there. I'm not – I mean, I am an entrepreneur, but I, I'm not the entrepreneur like you guys are. You guys have been doing this a long time and been highly successful. But what I do know and what I have figured out in the last couple of years – is that beyond baseball, and I have a lot of free time, I mean, I work six months a year, and then I have my off season, is that I've got that entrepreneurial bug. I I, I like to go out there and, and do that stuff. I like to to be out there, and, and I've listened to some of the podcasts, so I probably am a little bit more like DeCourcy than Watson in terms of uh, liking to be out there and doing all that networking. I, I get the sense in listening to the podcast that, that Matt Watson, if you don't have to do that, you'd probably rather not. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I enjoy it. I, I mean, I enjoy, I'm not as extroverted. I'm a little more introverted, but I enjoy going out to the networking events. And you guys are both good at people it. People I know. Matt's Matt's really good at it. I think that I I seek it. Or I think the one that the, one of the episodes that I listened to was more, um, you know, DeCourcy saying like you 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 walk into a room seeking people that you don't know, and and maybe it's different. And actually, believe it or not, being on some TV of that's and, that it, some of the rooms we walk into, they already know Matt. Hmm. And, but that know, helps, right? Yeah. The vast majority yeah. of the people last night all knew who I was. Yeah, and that's and you There's know, like two hundred people there. They all and, knew who I was. You know, Matt has. You know, I spent so many years as an entrepreneur locked in a room you know, stacking up cash when there's nothing wrong with that because the nature of the business that I was in didn't really require a big network. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's. But getting out and talking to people, you have to have time to do it. And it depends on what you're doing, what you're trying to do. And like for us right now, getting out and and uh, uh, letting people know about what we do mm -hmm. is a pretty big part of it. And, you know, so and, and but then again, I think sometimes you have to have an understanding of what kind of a room you're walking into mm -hmm. and who the people are in it. And there's like some rooms where either Matt or I are just overwhelmingly better for the crowd in some situations, like in a room full of developers, I don't stand a chance. 
I mean, I do on some level, but I can have a conversation with them, but it, it gets yeah, you're to the a, opposite personality. I am. Yeah. And that's a personality. It makes so. you a good tag team though. Yeah. That, well, right, that you right, guys can yeah. cover a lot of ground. Yeah. We, we like, we refer to ourselves as Jordan and Pippin and sometimes mm-hmm. it's TBD as to who has to be I was going to say who's yeah. who. Yeah. So, yeah. so somebody is going through this entrepreneurial journey and I think the, the key for you is surrounding yourself with other people. No question. Kind of have that bug, right? And and feeding off of them and learning from them and getting you know feeding that entrepreneurial ADD and um it, it it's a passion for sure. And I end up getting myself involved in more and more things every day that I probably don't have time to do. It's a sickness. I can relate to that, and I I feel like and it's never enough. Even though there'll oh, be times it, where yeah, I'm yes, no, it, well, no, it's no, 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 at no, some point. No, no, no. I, but that's what I'm saying is that I have to remind myself of that right. all the time. But my instincts are just more, 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 more. And then you kind of take a step back and you say, wait a minute, did, you know, should I be doing this? Do I have the time to do this? Is this really make sense or not? But I think, you know, to what, to what Matt Watson is saying, that getting yourself out there to people, I mean, to me, that's been huge. And not putting yourself out to people to sell anything, but just, the connections and you never know. Like I, I go every meeting that I have, I, I do coffees every day or happy hours or lunches, breakfast, whatever it is. I don't really ever go in for the most part, meeting someone the first time with an agenda. I mean, I want to know who they are and, and a little bit of what their background is. I'm going to trust the people that connected me. I mean, if it's a blind meeting, somebody just reaches out on social media, I'm a little bit more skeptical or at least a little bit hesitant because I really don't know. But if someone that I trust recommends, Hey, you need to meet this person. I may not even ask why. I'm just going to trust that th- this is someone I should know. And then it's listening, it's learning, it's asking questions, it's seeing also how you can help other people. And that's something I've done a ton of in the last two years. I like that, and and I think I'm better for it. I mean, even if the person you're meeting doesn't seem like a potential customer or partner or whatever, odds are they know somebody who is. Yeah, that's and that's right. the thing. You just never know. That's actually, you know, Mr. Watson is is amazing at that um that's actually how you and i first chatted like we met for breakfast somewhere matt didn't know me he didn't know me but he i you know i um being his his uh what do you call a twin that isn't is it fraternal being matt's somewhat fraternal business twin you were yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Uh, we yeah we're also that's the next level right the yeah. stepbrothers i thing? think the point point being is you guys are not identical twins yeah, but that's that's important. But I see Matt go out and meet a lot of people, and sometimes I'm like, "Why?" And he's like, "Well, you know, like you, it's seed planting, and you got to totally because the business that hasn't even started yet, you always have to have that that the future in we, mind." We have full scale customers now for people that I randomly met four or five years ago right. that I have no idea why right. I met them four or five years ago. And, and that's Matt- a pretty good reminder, though. Sorry, I mean that's a pretty good reminder too that that you never know if or when it's going to pay off yeah. but there's a good chance and, that it will and we have referrals from people too yeah that i've just randomly known as like acquaintances that all of a sudden they're like hey yeah that matt guy the, he the, does this. the early growth we had at full scale and you know we've kind of up it i think it's kind of funny because if you listen into these podcasts much later than they were occurring you know you hear like oh we had 60 people we had 90 people or over 160 employees and we did that in eight months which is pretty freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that early growth had a lot to do with the network that Matt had built over the years. And, you know, that really helped us accelerate a lot of things and it's getting out there and talking to people now at the same time, 
you have to be careful for what I call assholes. And those are those people that, you know, they're like, Hey, I was really thinking about starting a dot com. Mm -hmm. I'd love to buy you coffee and talk about it. And you have to look sit back and look at it. And in some of those situations, you're like, wow, I, my return on my time here is like a dollar 80 an hour. Hey, but I got to eat breakfast every morning. So right, I right. can eat with somebody right. else. So, and that's, but you that's, know? and that's the point that I'm going with. So you find ways to bundle these things together and do different things. And like, you know, in one of my books, I talk about low value and high value activity. Like for example, driving in the car, like if you listen to this podcast to and from work, you've increased the value of that commute because you might actually learn something mm -hmm. or you might learn something not to do or more likely that, or yeah, but the, the but you my, learn something. My point is, is bundling these things together to kind of increase the value of whatever it is you're doing. So Joel, what are some of the entrepreneurial things that you've been doing? Well, this all kind of started by accident. I won't give you all the boring details of it, but having been in TV for my whole life, I, I was always asked to speak to a lot of groups, but it was mostly the Rotary Club type of stuff, church groups, and, and I always enjoyed doing that. And I was asked to speak to a couple of businesses and said, wait, they they paid me to do that. That was pretty cool, and people seemed to like the message. And but, but again, having only been in the baseball world, and most of us that are on TV and covering sports, we don't really ever look beyond that just because it's a great place to be. And so when you have your off-season, you go and look to do more games. And a couple of years back, I speak to a couple of companies and someone says to me, you know, you can build a business out of that. And me being very naive at that point, I said, really? And now I come to realize that companies hire people all the time, locally, nationally, worldwide. And I just thought, you know what? I think I, I, I think that there are a lot of messages in sports. And, and by the way, the speeches that I do for companies and associations are not really a baseball speech. I'm using baseball uh, and the lens of sports to be able to teach about leadership and teamwork and culture and building relationships and networking and all that type of stuff. But it's not a, Hey, look at what happened on this play. And you know, here's how they won this year. It might be a bit of, here's how they built the culture. They did. Here's how they went from being one of the worst franchises in sports to one of the best and, and all that. So that's been the main project. And, and so much of it to me is foundation and, and groundwork. And I was lucky enough here in Kansas city that, because of the success of the team and they went to back-to-back -back world series and we had uh, the top ratings in baseball for a few years that I could get into a lot of doors that a lot of people really work hard to get into harder to get into. Uh, so I took advantage of that and just started building this business, but, but not trying to take shortcuts beyond, okay, great. I, I got a foot in the door. Um, let me earn it. Let me go out there and, and keep meeting people and keep learning. And, and, and now that's leading into other things. And, you know, like you reached out to me recently um, on Facebook. Now we were friends on Facebook and, and I'll tell you how, and it's kind of cool the way connections work, but I, I don't accept every friend on Facebook because I did that for a while. And it was just like, I got, I'm, I've got all these people and they, I don't even know them. And I put putting stuff out there about my family and all this type of stuff. So I just kind of started a separate business page or whatever, and kind of funneled that that way. You know, if you want to follow me, follow on Twitter, all that. But I had listened to your guys' podcast because I'd been introduced to Andrew Morgans. And Andrew was on one of the podcasts. So I'm out there working on the lawn one day this fall, and, and I'm listening and you know trying to do a little bit of homework to get ready to meet Andrew because we were going for drinks, and then he was on my podcast. And so when your name popped up with a friend request, oh, yeah, I know him. I've listened to his podcast. Cool. I accepted it. I don't know why, but no. And so, and then a couple of weeks ago, you, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, you reach out to me 
um, with some stuff going on about a possible concert and bringing people together and a lot of the things that you guys are doing. I'm like, hey, that's cool. And, and that started a conversation. I invited you to possibly come to one of our suite. Which I am. Events. Yeah, yeah. Metallica, I'm baby. coming to Metallica. I was so, I gave Joel three options. What It was Kiss. Eric, Kiss, Church, Eric Church and Metallica. and Metallica and I figured there's no way he's taking Metallica he goes dude you had me at Metallica yeah. and plus one yeah yeah that's exactly right so yeah I don't I, I like all kinds of music I know my wife would have no interest in in Eric Church probably maybe on Kiss same for me but I like Metallica I've seen them once years ago and it was amazing so but that's you know that's but, how this relationship you, started out. You talk about doing stuff and putting yourself out there, and you know, all right, let's be realistic. We don't get paid to do this podcast. Right. We do it for therapeutic reasons. Because like when you well when you showed up here today, you're like, hey, what's going on? Like, I'm bitching about being an entrepreneur, which is another full time job, I think. But you know, you know, it's for therapy, but also to like try to. Well, A, we feel like we shine a spotlight on Kansas City. Well, you're also making a difference in people's lives when you do this. And, you, know, you talked about people driving yeah. and if they learn something or don't learn something or something to do or not to do. So you you make an impact with it, too. Well, and really, um, in the end, we just don't have anything better to do. Yes, you do. No, you got, we don't. You got a lot to do. I like We like doing the podcast. It gives us a chance to have different conversations. Like you... Oh my God! As a broadcaster, you have the same conversation. Like does every it, day, it's got to be. With, I feel like Groundhog. That movie, Groundhog Day. It can. So and talking it, about something different is is probably good. I think it, you know it's 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 part of what's re-energized me in starting the business. And I'm not talking about hey, I just went out there and made so and so money, and that was awesome to speak to this group. Yeah, I'm loving all of that, and and connecting with people, and 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 hopefully helping people, but. Just the conversations like you're talking about, these are conversations that I was never having before. Right. And so it is a change of pace from your day. It's meeting new people. It's it's talking about different topics. You know, to be able to sit here with you guys isn't like, and don't get me wrong, it's not like I'm like, oh, man, I got to go do another baseball game. Oh, man, this is rough. I love it, but I do it every day. Yeah. I don't, I, this is a conversation that I've never had before. So to me, at least for me, it's fun. Well, recently we were out at dinner with one of the mayoral candidates and I asked, cause I see him at a bunch of startup events. And I said, why, you know, what I see you at a lot of these events, you know, what's the draw? And he goes, I get to talk to people that are talking about progress and building businesses and doing things. And he goes, and it's uh, and a lot of times I go to other stuff and I get accosted by people that are complaining about potholes. Yeah, because he's on the city council. So he just yeah. gets bitched at all. Yeah. Along. So it was like a breath of fresh air to like, you know, like just do so something different and like people talking about, you know, growing, creating jobs in the community. It just, it just felt a little different. And, and, you know, I thought that was a really genuine response and I kind of got it. Um, this is, I mean, I feel like startups, entrepreneurship, and business is 100% of my conversations, but it hasn't gotten old yet. Here, here's the other thing for me is, is that, it old for you, Matt? No, I mean, sorry, Joel. I just, like, no, it, I'm just curious, like, cause you, you've been forced to talk about it even more than I have. I we need to start forced. doing this a little more often. We've kind of fell off the horse, but because you never come find me and say, Matt, well, let's do a podcast. You know what? Fine. The next two weeks, I'm going to leave and go back to Sabu. Damn it. Well, Joel, we'll record Joel, one while I'm we'll on have the beach. Joel come sit in with you. I, I, that's <laughs> that you talk about Andrew Morgan's the founder of, of marknology.com, your local Amazon brand accelerator. Um, 
I, as I look over at the recording of our of our live stream. And How's that says, going? It says lost connection to server. So, <laughs> so we broke know. the server because everybody was was tuning. No, in. it's not. No, this is a different platform. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, talking about Andrew, you know, sometimes Andrew will come in and and he's been he sat in for Matt. So we're trying to do more of these. And you ask me why we're not doing more or why we don't do them weekly. It's just like when we started doing this, it was always intended to not conflict with anything that we do. I actually, on some days, find this to be a, a welcome break. Oh yeah. It's a little more therapeutic. This is a, this is a, this is like a, a, a place of solace. We get to talk to cool people. Yeah. And I think that's fun too. I like talking to people about what they're passionate about. So, so back to your speaking bit now. All right. So you, you do public speaking, mm-hmm. but um, I've also seen you on TV commercials. Is that, is that something you do a lot of? Or? No, just a little bit. I mean, yeah. that that's not, a career thing or that's not anything. I mean, that, that really ends up being a sponsor saying, Hey, would you, would you be willing to be our spokesperson? And it usually, you know, involves either the Royals or Fox sports say, you know, approval and saying, Hey, they're, you know, they're doing advertising with us. Do you want to do that? And it's, you know, that, that, that's a quick and easy and and fun thing to do. And it's not like, I, I guess if it gets to a point where there's so many of them, and let's be honest, like we don't need to see more of me on TV. People see enough of me on TV already. So I don't want to get to a point where I'm suddenly the, you know, spokesman for 50 companies and, and all that. It's just, but why not? Do you think that's over a little too much? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think Matt and I like to say we have faces made for radio. So do I, and I'm on TV. So, you know, enough, <laughs> you know there, there's only <laughs> so much of me do that you, people should see. Do you know, I just from over the few, last few years and just watching Facebook and whatever, you have like a very strong following of the like Leewood mother. Like really? I've seen so many comments like I just love Joel Goldberg but, and like I have a crush on you know who, Joel you know Goldberg. you know who I'm bigger with like their moms so like the like the sixty and seventy year old women <laughs> please, He's please so... it's, good, it's good to know your demographic yeah please, yeah please tell me you're the spokesman for somebody who does dry cleaning I am are you really you yeah but that, but not on TV I mean I you know for <laughs> well no for for then for, where for for. <laughs> On my podcast, you can go ahead and, and give a. You can go. Can I? Yes, yeah, sure. that'd be good. Yeah, uh, Hangers Dry Cleaners in Kansas City. There okay, and and where and are they located? All over. All over. There you go. I go to the one in Martin City, Martin okay. City Plaza. They're in grocery stores. They deliver. How about that for a pitch? But you know what? I just walk in there and just drop off a pile of soap orange suits. and red yeah. clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know how many people come up to me and say, "How many suits have you ruined?" Uh, none. But I don't know. None. Uh, thanks to hanger dry cleaners. Yeah. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't. You probably don't wear white anymore either, do you? <laughs> um, it depends on the day, which sounds weird. But, like, if we're traveling, everything is different if we're traveling. Because then I need to have backup because we're getting on a plane. And you really don't want to get on the plane uncomfortable. Or if it's cold. Uh, if it's really cold, I'll take the Fox Sports parka and wear that. Because like, I'm not going out there in a raincoat or you know, an umbrella or something like that. Like just, just suck it up. And you know, that becomes a distraction actually. Yeah. So anyway, but as well, far as the commercials go, like, I don't, I don't know that I ever got into this or really have a desire to be sitting there doing commercial, 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 commercial. I'm much more interested now in this, in this startup world and this entrepreneurial world. And, and I've got a lot to learn. I don't, I know that in your book, Matt, you, you know, you write about, you know, how much you learn, um, 
or, or, or aren't taught in business school, yeah. which gives me hope because I didn't go to business school. <laughs> Five colleges and now I'm a junior, baby. Proud of it. I'm a, my degree is going to, I feel I'm probably going to get an honorary degree from some university in the Philippines or something. Uh, right. that's, I, that's what I'm holding out I for. I like the fact that like... Before you got over here, Matt, I, I'm, I'm giving him, I'm giving DeCourcy a hard time about five colleges. And he kind of looked at me like, you're giving me crap too. And I'm like, I've read it in the book. I'm just t- and, and right at the beginning of the book, which it's is like about a- as far as I've made it so far. But <laughs> I'll get there though. I'm just a little slow. But I, I feel like, you know. I, I've actually been reading it out loud to Joel, which is why we're still on page 12. Okay. Yes. So I call him late. And so- I'm like, okay. It's a page. It's a page every other day. Chapter it's like two. bedtime stories. <laughs> Chapter yeah. two. It's always sunny in Cebu City, and then he's asleep. I'm like, dang it! <laughs> well, we'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> so, all right. So, you're a, are, are you a, are you a hockey announcer? Oh yeah, I do a little bit of that too. Yeah. How's that going? For for who? For uh, the Mavericks. The Mavericks yeah, yeah. Okay. So they do ten TV games. So. I started doing those a couple of years ago. So you do I'd actually the ones been, that are on TV. Just the ones that are on TV. Are they on radio too? They are, and they've got a guy that does all those. I think okay. they, I think it's a stream broadcast. Um, I really not sure that I have the desire. Not that they're offering to they're great guys too, but to start traveling around the country with them on a bus mm. doing radio games Ooh, during my off season. Rough. That'd be you tough know. to go from the Royals team plane. Yeah, charter to the what I'm picturing as the Mavericks bus. I've been on it once. I'm sure it's great. it was a cool experience, but I but you it's know. not the MLB plane. No, yeah, that's a little different. No, it's minor league life, and and actually, I have a ton of respect for those guys yeah. because they're not making much money. They're going back home to wherever Canada or wherever they're going in the off season, and they're working other jobs so that they can you know afford to live. When they come here, they don't make a ton of money. Their expenses are paid for, but they, yeah. they're playing for the Is that a minor league team for an NHL? Yeah, they're affiliated with the uh, Calgary Flames. So it would be like the equivalent of double-A baseball. Okay, so I had my 15 minutes of hockey fame when we had the Blades. Yeah. And I bought a program on the way in, and it, and it like – halfway through the first period they're like if you page eight is signed come down to guest services and mine was so they brought me out in between periods on a red carpet half at mid ice and they put this freaking board across the whole goal which had a a hole cut in it oh you got to do the shot about the width of a hockey puck yeah and if I got the puck to go through this hole from center ice, from probably. center ice. Yeah. And by the way, I've never hit a hockey puck with, I mean, maybe a plastic one in right. my gym class. So anyway, I wound up like I was Wayne Gretzky and I mean, I didn't even hit the board. I didn't hit the goal. Like I was looking like, you know, like a kicker shanking a field goal. Like, I mean, it was bad, but I, I hit it hard. And then, I didn't win, and they gave me a coupon for a free Little Caesars pizza, that, that which has it. a value at that at, at, at nineteen ninety two of about three dollars. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It wasn't. It would have been awesome if I made it. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't going to happen. So, now, the, have you ever played hockey? No. Have you ever hit a puck with a stick? That that's also no. the end of my hockey career too. No, I mean I've maybe done it with my kids in a broom or something in right. the basement, but that's about it. So I love hockey. I never played it. I played like street hockey growing up. My son plays. Aren't you ice from, you're from up north, aren't you? I grew up. Yeah. I mean, I grew up outside of Philadelphia. And then we moved to Chicago when I was 13. So Chicago's home. So I was in hockey cities. Kansas City. I love it. Home. Kansas City is home. I don't, I don't really think that we'll leave here. I mean, we, we love it here. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's why I've started up my business and looking at other things. It's, it's just that I don't, really envision going anywhere else to do what i'm doing on tv 
So I love it here. Let's build around it. Um, it is a great place to live. You guys know that. And I think that secret's getting out there to more people too. But we've been here 11 years, no intention of leaving. The hockey thing for me, I was, I was traveling around the country doing a little bit of college hockey. And then when the Mavericks thing came up a couple of years ago, I was like, man, I can do the same thing without having to travel. The, we're talking minor league hockey here. It's not a moneymaker, get rich, here's my next career. But what it is, is it's just something I really love doing. The people are awesome. It's fun. And we talk about sitting down. It's a down. change of pace. Yes, it's exactly it, Matt. I mean, we sit and we talk about sitting down here for something like this. It's a change of pace. That hockey to me is a change of pace where I can go in there, meet different people, meet all of these kids in their 20s that, you know, that, that are just working their butts off to play something that they love. They're appreciative of, of, of the broadcast. And it's challenging, too. I mean, it's people always say, man, isn't, isn't it hard to call a hockey game? It's really hard. But I kind of like the fact that, you know, I'm on my toes and it's a challenge. And I, I screw plenty of stuff up. But it's just kind of outside the box and, and something different to do. Well, in baseball games have to be a lot easier to call yes and no and and well, baseball's got a lot of space in it so right seven find... balls later or like, yeah. you know, or, or balls like later, here like... we are at a pitching change yeah. or the coach is out very slow paced and like i mean and you know like that to me i think that would be more difficult it's it's they're both difficult in different ways for everything that you guys are saying and and i've called in some ways less baseball because i do the pre and post game show but i've, I've done some play-by-play -play. i've filled in on some play-by-play -play. i know that i'll I'll be doing one of our games in spring training where I'll call the play-by-play. -play. And in some ways, the preparation for that will be a lot more than it would be for hockey, especially in a spring training game because of all that dead space. And because yeah. you have new players that will be coming in throughout the game and those games can kind of lag with all the pitching changes, you have a lot of space yeah, to fill. So it's got to be a challenge. From the one standpoint, hockey's really hard because it's the only sport where there's no announced substitution. And so, you know, uh, I've, I've spent my whole career – really working on listening to who you're talking to, paying attention and having conversations, say, with my partner in baseball and responding instead of just being stuck in your notes. Right. In hockey, what I've found is it's almost better off not to listen to my, my analyst. It's better not to watch the replays that he's talking about because it's such a limited amount of time. I'm probably not going to be able to comment a whole lot, of, lot on it anyway, and I'm better off taking my focus and doing two things. One, catching my breath. And two, just watching the benches and seeing who's coming out onto the ice. It's not like coming in now for number 25 is, no, they, they change without an announcement. They change in the middle of plays. And when you're looking at big picture and you can see that, you have a better chance of knowing who's on the ice. When they change like every, is it like two to five minutes or something? Like no, 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 no. Like every 30 seconds to a minute. Oh, that, that often. Mm -hmm. Oh, jeez. I mean, if you think about like, and we're probably all somewhat out of shape, at least compared to where we were when we were kids. These guys are in an all-out sprint for 30 seconds to a minute. Sometimes it could be up to two minutes on ice while being in danger of being yeah. knocked on your, you know, yeah. on your butt. Um, it is the most physically demanding sport, and they want anyone that's out there on a full tank of gas. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, and I'm not a NASCAR guy, but if you think about it in terms of NASCAR, that that quick trip back to the bench is basically your pit stop, and you're being replaced by somebody else. It's boom, 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 boom. And so that makes it a challenge to broadcast, but it's kind of fun too. So how do you even announce those changes? You don't have like, to. You don't have to. I think for me, more than anything. Gretzky's in. Yeah. Like, hey, what do you? 
I think if I see somebody coming in or if there's a little bit of a lull, and by lull I mean that there's not like the danger of somebody scoring in that moment, you could sit there and say he dumps the puck down, which gives the team a chance to make a, a change, or it dumps the puck down, they bring three new forwards on, uh, whatever it is. And and more than anything for me, it's just a matter of looking and saying, okay, he's on the ice now, he's on the ice now. Because it also could be hard, like let's say there's a, a, a 16 and an 18 on the team, and it's like, Hard to see that jersey. Is that a right. six or is an eight? Who is it? I think the rosters in like a double A type team would change a lot because like, some of those guys get jettisoned. Daily. Or they get, yeah. Like, daily. Uh, and that is a problem with it is that, you know, you prepared to do an NHL game. I did a lot of sideline reporting in NHL, so I didn't call any NHL games. But you know who's on that roster. Yeah. And, and the difference with minor league hockey, say different than baseball too, is baseball, you have all of your affiliates. So you have the major leagues, you have triple A, double A, high A, low A, couple levels of rookie ball, and then even some like a Dominican Academy. For hockey, the NHL has basically a triple A team and a double A team. Mm-hmm. And if you run out of players at the double A level, so let's take, for instance, the Kansas City Mavericks. They have a guy called up at the last minute, and they're triple A affiliates in California. So he gets called up. Where do you go to get that replacement? Well, yeah. if they send someone down for you, you can have that guy. But if somebody's injured and they don't have a replacement for you, you actually have to go and look into a lower league, which isn't affiliated with you, and go find a guy. Well, you're not going to find a guy that day. So now suddenly you're playing with a limited bench. Matt but, and I are available on most days for home games. Hey, do you guys want to – There were definitely wanna... days I felt like I could pitch for the Royals. Well, um, what, what's, there have what's, been those days. what's your fastball at? Like, <laughs> like 60, <laughs> like 36. 36. Perfect. Yeah. Which would yeah. be – we talk about change of pace. <laughs> no, I mean, I actually think Matt could be – so, I, you know, I play in the men's senior league out here. And, yeah, that's right. And I'm old, dude, and I'm not good. The most effective pitchers in the league are not the guys that throw hard. It's weird. Right. And it, well, it's because you, you, you get your eyes just like – get so wide at this pitch that looks so meaty and you overswing and next thing you know like baseballs they say baseball's a game of inches it's like what it's like like what matt just said about a change of pace yeah different kind of change of pace some of these guys come in and they're you know there's guys in in our league that throw 90 and then there's guys that throw like 50 and the guys that throw 90 i usually just let them walk me yeah a i don't really turn around on a 90 mile an hour fastball the way i did when i was 18 but yeah but usually they can't hit the strike zone I've got a job for you guys in, in minor league hockey. I think we'd be great at it, and I don't even know what it is yet. I love the enthusiasm. Yeah. Okay, this is a term that is used in minor league hockey. Can we be the goon? No, that's... I want to dress up as the mascot. Is that what we're going with? All right, Watson can dress up as the mascot. He gets to be the, the tiny horse, can be and the... I get to be the big one. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so that, that means that... That oh you want to be the, okay so Watson's Wait, gonna do they be have the, two horses yeah it's yeah, like a actually. like like the uh, adult and the kids so Why do yeah. I have to be the tiny horse I'm like so, twice your size dude it's okay in the costume nobody's ever gonna know by the way remind me to tell you about the time I ran in the sausage race in Milwaukee um, Cardinals and Brewers I was one of the actually we're gonna sausages. hear about it right yeah now. you will yeah no but let me finish the um the mascot story first and then the sausage and race. then the sausage race uh, oh and the and the and the the job that I had for you which was Can not we do the a mascots. sausage race dressed as horses sure why not. <laughs> at a hockey game so sure why not on skates Done. or not done all right Skating so backwards. matt matt would be the big horse the big maverick which was nicknamed mac yeah and and uh de course this is already not a good fit let him finish his story the course would be the um the little horse nicknamed cheese so now you guys are mac and cheese <laughs> that wasn't the job i had for you though <laughs> 
So what's our job? I'm still in. Okay, so here's what happens. You know, teams typically have two goalies. If one of those goalies gets called up and they can't get somebody here quick enough, like the thing is, is that if, if you have a player called up a forward or a defenseman and you don't get a replacement, you still have a few guys that weren't going to suit up that night that you can, you know, say, okay, he's he's not been playing because he isn't good enough or whatever. Okay, we'll move him into the lineup. There's not an extra goalie just sitting around that's not dressing. So I have what they call the e-bug, emergency backup goalie. I think they pay him like 50 bucks for the night. And basically, they'll start calling around town. Every team has one of these. They'll call around town to five or six guys that, you know, have real jobs that play in a men's league. Hey, you available tonight? Nah, I got a date with my wife. Hey, you available tonight? Nah, I was planning on going out and hanging out and partying with my friends. Hey, you available tonight? Sure. What time can you be here? Nah, probably get there by 6. Okay, the game's at 7. We're on the ice to warm up at 6.30. Okay, I'll be there. And then you just sit there and you keep your fingers crossed and say, God, I hope he doesn't get in. I hope the starter doesn't get hurt. So we had one last Friday night, the game I was doing. Give you a difference. I don't even remember the guy's name. Um, Bar, something, Barnett, Sam Barnett, I think was his name. Uh, he never got into the game. So he's the backup goalie coming right from his whatever day job was. The starting goalie is a second round draft pick of the Calgary Flames. <laughs> Six foot four, 33 saves, chance maybe that he gets to the NHL one day. And then, you know, Matt DeCourcy's backing him up. I can, I mean, I don't even need 50 bucks. I'll do it for free. Sausage. Can, can I, I, I don't can know, I hit the pucks at you? I don't know how to ice skate. As long as I can slash him too. As long as I can hit pucks at you. If you get in, if you come, well, near, if you, come near, you better stay out of my crease. <laughs> Because if you right get near cheese. it, I'm taking you out. This is therapeutic, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the so- been, hold on, the sausage race. There, by the way, there have been more unfollowed through threats on this than any podcast out there. I feel pretty positive. Hmm. We we are, we're really, guys, we're really not that mean to each other. Fun. I, I really do want to hit Matt with a hockey stick, but I won't. Okay, Joel, the sausage race. That was for the children. Last, for the children listening. For the kids. Yeah. It's for the kids. I think my last year working in St. Louis, I worked there in 98 to 07. I was traveling with the Cardinals. We're in Milwaukee. And, you know, everybody does those hot dog races and all that now around the country. I mean, the the Royals do their hot dog race. The um, Washington Nationals have presidents. Like, they have yeah, big caricatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Oakland A's have, like, oversized Ricky Henderson, Dennis Eckersley running. and But, it, yeah, I think it all started with Milwaukee, and they had the – the hot dog, the bratwurst, the Polish sausage, and the Italian sausage, maybe. I can't remember what the fourth one is. And then they added a chorizo, a fifth one. But that was after I was That was, was for there. diversity. For diversity. Yeah. Um, you know, we all like different kinds of meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a Watson comment on this podcast. But Help me out, Matt. Yeah. I, I mean, was wondering where the vegan option was, but keep going. Oh, my God. And the and the veggie yeah, that's, and the veggie. That's dog. how you're replying to that. We all like different kinds of and the veggie comment. dog. So I, I think asked. You took Matt by surprise there. That is normally a Watson type comment. I took myself yeah. by surprise there. Yeah, that's okay. I knew I was getting into trouble there. Okay, so <laughs> I decided to ask if I could run in the hot dog race. You know, I was the sideline reporter. Cardinals could be kind of fun. They said yes. So they said, okay, you got to be back here. You know, out in right field by the bullpen or whatever, left field. Um, by so-and-so time, so I go down there. Those costumes, by the way, are, like, extremely top-heavy. So, like, everything is from basically, like, your chest all the way up. So if you think about how tall those costumes are, like, 80% of it is above you, 
and your body weight is carrying all of that, but just from like, you know, your chest on up. And so it's very like you could topple over real easily. Perfect. So, yeah. So I get, I get in, I'm, I'm the bratwurst. Okay. And I get in there, but I look around and I'm wearing like dress pants, dress shoes, suit coat. <laughs> Uh, I take off the suit coat, so I've got my dress shirt on, my tie. I've got this big bratwurst on over me. And I look, and the three guys that are running against me, and at this point, I'm like 35 years old. Seems young now. but And so the three guys I'm running against are all college interns on the grounds crew for the Brewers, like from Marquette University or something like that. So they're all in good shape, and they do this every single day. And every now and then, they might get some idiot that wants to be a guest runner in it. But usually, they're just like, all right, let's get four guys from the grounds crew. Go. And I'm running. It's, you know, it's in between innings. It's during commercial. And I know that our cameras, because they know about it, I know that they're watching me. And I know that they're going to come back when that commercial break is over with video of this. <laughs> and I'm running. And I'm in dead last. And I'm just, like, mortified. And I'm like, I, I cannot finish last. I will never hear about this for the rest of the year, every single game. And and so, you know, we're going by the third base dugout. I'm hearing the chair, dugout. It's a fire song in my head. I'm right hearing now. all of yeah. it. Yeah. And as I round right behind home plate and I've got to get to first base is where the finish line is. I just kick it into high gear. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't wasn't the greatest ending ever, but I finished just in second place. I just wow. missed it. But I saved myself. Later that night, I'm at the bar at the uh, team hotel. And Scott Rowland, who was one of the best players I ever covered, um, you know, phenomenal third baseman, he walks up to me at the bar and he goes, hey. Was that you in that hot dog suit? <laughs> I go, yeah, he was a great dude. Really, really kind of dry sense of humor. And he goes, man, I wish I knew that because I, I would have taken a swing at you. Ah, I love it. But do you remember the story about that one dude? His name was Randall Simon. Um, he played, I think, for the Brewers or something like that at one point, And he had actually taken a swing at that thing. And there was some kind of lawsuit or something like that. No, you don't remember that? You know, so kind of, I thought like that could have been me. And, you know, there's always got to be one guy that messes up a good hot dog race. So I have a hot dog race story. Did, it, did it, any, by the way, like when you said, when you said that like, we don't want to. And it's entrepreneurial. Okay. So it'll be better than mine. But, but this is, again, the beauty of all of this. When we sat down and you said, we don't like script anything out. And I thought, great. Cause that's, I don't either. None of us knew that we were going to go talk about a hot dog race today. Oh, we've talked about a lot of, we our mascots mac and cheese yeah mac and cheese you are the cheese i know <laughs> cheese that reminds this me of a good brought beastie to boys you by craft by one of my favorite beastie boys lyrics about she's the cheese and i'm the macaroni yeah go on well so in 2014 i had well i had a bucket list item for life where i wanted to go to all 81 royals home games oh so in 2014 i don't uh, even think i've ever done that <laughs> my i know my wife was pregnant and I was like, she was like, if you want to do this, you should probably do it now because you're not going to ever be able to do this again, or at least for a while. And I was like, all right, fine. So in 2014, I did go to all 81 Royals home games and all eight postseason games that were in Kansas City. Great year. Um, but about 20 games in. So they do the hot dog race sometimes with mascots, but more so on the scoreboard right. with just whatever. So about 20 games in, I realized that whichever 
it was much what is it mustard ketchup and relish yep whichever one came in last place the night before would win the next day only you would figure this out too. well i did and so then i started hustling my friends of course that, were at the, that i brought to the game with me who were like i'm like so That's dude brilliant. i'm like so dude you got 20 bucks on the on the hot dog race that you know like and there's the thing the system broke if they did it with real people and you did i you never knew until they did it but i'd be like dude all right and i'd be i'll take relish you know and then you know it's I'll even give you the field or whatever, but yeah. I, uh... I've always taken it as, and I never paid attention as much that, you know, sometimes they do it with the automated, you know, the cartoons or whatever you want to call it, like you're talking about on the Jumbotron, and then sometimes live bodies. And and I don't know why or when they do the live versus not, but I always took it as the the animated ones enabled them to catch up so that every year, catch up, I didn't mean it like that, but <laughs> every, 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 I really didn't. Uh, every year at the end when that final home game and they do that last race, like all three are always tied. Well, I relish the like, for, I, for, I relish the opportunity here. to see you in another hot dog race. So, do you think? Okay, the, uh, Matt Watson, it's your turn. To, yeah. It's your turn to yeah. use mustard. I know. Good luck. <laughs> and rhyme something with the word orange while you're at it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so are the uh, animated ones still kind of rigged that way? No, they got. It didn't do it the next year, uh-huh. which I. I just only think I spent about sixty bucks learning that. Yeah, it got. It, <laughs> but you have to go to the games. Like, I mean. Here's, Too bad you couldn't have done sports betting on that. I mean, by the way, I'll never do that full season again. Like that was freaking hard. You don't even it, go to eighty games a year. A lot of How work. is that possible? You actually well, get a day games, off. Home games. Yeah, you don't announce all eighty-one games. We do. You get a so day we off? do occasionally. We do one hundred fifty of one sixty-two. Did okay. you need so you the other twelve end up being national? Because well, here's the thing with baseball: it's like the thing that killed never me. Never stops, like, dude. It's like eleven days in a row, and then you have a night game with a one o'clock or a 1205 start the next or is day, it right? like if the game's on espn or something you get bounced well that's out. and that's what typically we wouldn't get bounced there are some situations where we could get bounced when the demand is high so they didn't have a great year last year uh, when they were having the great years there was always the chance that somebody national would want to come in and take more but there are certain deals with say fox sports one or espn or whatever it is where they're they're allocated to be on a certain amount of national games now, they're not going to get on the amount of national games, even when they're at their best, like the Yankees and the sure, Red Sox, yeah. because the world really needs more of that. But um, we, we are contracted at Fox to do 150. The other 12 end up being somewhere nationally. I mean, it, things have really actually progressed well enough. And and actually, if, if if say, a couple of those games weren't picked up nationally, there's a good chance that my bosses might just pick them up and we end up at, say, 152 or whatever it is. And then you might lose one with a rain delay or, you know, rain yeah, out sure, or, yeah, or whatever yeah. it is, which is uh, – it all kind of works itself out in the end. But with those games – and it's funny, like, over the years, because I travel with the team too. And so, you know, of course you're talking about, man, it's like 11 straight nights. Now imagine it's 11 straight nights and, and you more, finish that 11th yeah. game and you're like, we're hopping on a plane and we're going to get to the next city at 2 or 4 in the morning and, and listen – Charter travel and all of that is the easiest, greatest thing. But wait, but but arriving somewhere at four in the morning is still, still four in the morning. And it's still travel, man. And it's, it's still, still travel, like and you're still out of a suitcase and right. I mean, you, you really are not going to hear me complain because charter planes, ridiculous hotels, transportation, all that taken care of, good food. But it it is a grind. And so the one thing that I've learned over the years is, let's say there's those twelve games that we're not doing, even if we're stuck on the road. So it's like a Saturday in Detroit or wherever, L.A., and we're off because it's nationally televised, and people people will be like, you going to the game? And I'm like, no. 
I, I wherever I'm going, it, you know, maybe I'll go watch some college football. Maybe I'll just hang out in the room. Maybe I'll go see a movie. Maybe I'll go to the beach. Whatever it is, I'll pay attention to the game. I mean, I will watch it on my phone, but I'm going to take those 12 days and not go to the ballpark because, and when I was younger, it was like, I can't miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. But you need that break. Well, in some sense, you have to be able to talk about whatever happened the next day. Which is right? why I'm still so paying you attention. Have to, you got to pay attention. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, I I've have got to. a play-by-play request for you, and this okay. is going to be important. I think you're not going to want to miss this. So, you know, Full Scale did – we are clients of the Royals now. We got a suite for some of our suite and greet events. And with that, Matt and I get to go to a suite holder event where we're going to take batting practice. Oh, nice. Field and throw in the bullpen and shag flies. And I really would I like, have an idea for you, but you I might already like have you it. Do, I would like you to do play-by-play on Watson's participation. <laughs> in that. Like, I would really like to and – and also I think you should do the world's most boring play-by-play of us at work. And he's – looks like he's going to sit down at his desk again. And he's going to – he's going to check his email. Oh, I my God. It. He's going to check his email. I already have one from today. Matt Watson, you'll like this. <laughs> I'm worried about what's about to be said here. <laughs> and now DeCourcy's taking me on a tour. We're walking through Stackify. What do these people do? He has no idea. <laughs> he just told them they're doing a great job, though. <laughs> he just wow. Told, he just told them they're doing a great job. Carry on, everyone. <laughs> and now ba- and, and back after this. That's how bad my tour was earlier. Like, I don't I, know what these people do. I was like, I don't know what they're doing. They're doing a great job. They're doing a great job. <laughs> So yeah, it's all right. I felt like that was accurate. Okay, but yeah. How about this? It I, would be like a mix between golf commentating and maybe like WWE. Ooh. <laughs> I feel like that's like the mix we need. I have a. I, I have a. Because sometimes we got a body slam someone. Right yeah, here. I have an entrepreneurial idea, and here. we are hiring. On that note, yeah, I have an entrepreneurial idea here for your <laughs> for your batting practice. Please. Why don't we have? If you give me a list of all the people. I will, when you guys are taking your batting practice, I will sit upstairs from my perch in one of the broadcast booths with a bird's eye view. And as long as I know who all the names are, and I'll, I'll take my own device and a microphone and I will, I will call the action and then we'll take that. We'll put it over video and and now you'll have something fun for all of your people. That's that, awesome. that would be cool. That now, would make I, my dad's life. I, so I did this, thought. I did this before. But you got to let me know who I can be mean to and who I should be nice to. Well, the problem is I don't know. They only, they're like, yeah, you get to bring one guest. So yeah, that's going to be Matt. I'll um, be nice to, I uh, did this in yeah. 2015 and Willie Wilson was my batting practice pitcher, which was fun. Um, you know, the best part about those guys or the best ones, the former players that'll go out there throwing that batting practice is they have one goal, hopefully, and one goal only to hit your bat. Yeah, they're not trying to strike you out. No, actually, which is good. Willie came up to me afterward and he's like, "Hey, those are some nice swings." And like, you know, like, and that was cool because I mean, that's a that Willie steal a hundred bases one yeah, year, two hundred hits, hundred from each side of the yeah, play yeah, one year. Yeah, great player. Um, that's actually how I got involved in senior baseball again because mm-hmm. when I went out to the bullpen. Most of these people are out there, th- like just trying to get the freaking ball to the plate. Like you don't realize that sixty feet's a little further than it feels until you have to throw the ball. But I went out there, and you know, like I hadn't thrown a pitch in a long time, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna lay it in there. Well, I threw about ten pitches at probably like eighty miles an hour, like great, like pop, pop, pop. And Jamie Bluma comes over to me, he's like, dude, where'd you play? Hmm. And I was like, Blue Valley North. You know, like, and he's like, are you in the men's senior league? And then I uncorked about five wild pitches after that because I'm about a 10-pitch arm. 
at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Situ- situational yeah. reliever. Yeah. He put me in the, uh, you know, he put me in touch with some people and, you know, I, I uh, pride myself on it. I, I do go do these senior baseball games. It's not because I'm good. It's honestly because it makes me schedule doing something active. Yeah. And I like the guys I play with. Like they actually made this beautiful startup hustle sign, which Joel, we turned blue. I know. For you really today. Nice. It's blue, royal blue. Just Very to nice. clarify, it yeah, looks I nice. like it. Very impressive. We like to keep it green because, yeah, that's the full scale color. And, well, there's things we uh, yes. like that are green. Fully understand. Hey, so. my um, scariest batting practice ever, and I don't really ever do this. It would be if you took batting practice off of me because I'd probably hit you like eight or nine times. The, that that's a different kind of scary. Only uh, half on purpose. This is this is this was scary. Like two three years ago, the Royals do this really cool father son trip every year, and so the players will bring their dads mm. on it, and and then they'll take batting practice yeah. and among other things. I see you guys cover that. Yeah, it's it. it's yeah, a really yeah, really yeah, neat yeah, event, yeah. and um, they do. I don't know that a lot of teams do this. Uh, the Royals certainly were the first. It's, it's really cool. It's fun. It's 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 cool to meet the dads and and see their eyes light up because they're not spoiled by all the charter travel, yeah. and now they're on plane and they're they're getting to live the you know the the life that their their kids are living and you know and they're all proud and all that and so they invited us one year it was camden yards baltimore which is one of the to it's me cool one of the park. most majestic yeah. scenic parks yeah. and they were going to take batting practice there and the organizers on the team said hey broadcasters we want you guys to come too. just come hang out come shag fly balls come take batting practice and i'm not an athlete i mean i was a mediocre at best uh, i was not a good baseball player um, I'm a talker. And so I'm just kind of hiding in the outfield the whole time thinking, I'm just going to catch some fly balls or try to. I don't I don't need to hit until everyone starts yelling my name. Come on, Joel, your turn. No, you can't. You got to do it. So I walk into the into the batting cage to to hit or to home plate. And standing behind the cage is Ned Yost, their manager, who, you know, can be kind of intimidating. And Wade Davis, their closer, who never smiles. And Wade turns to me and he goes, kind of in a little bit of a drawl, Joel, you ever held a bat before? (laughs) Oh, my God. And Ned's just staring at me. And I'm like, you know, you put enough pressure on yourself. Like, I'm not a good golfer either. And I always... You know, I'm always, I always dread playing in some of those charity golf tournaments because I'm terrible. And it's like you tee off that first time everybody's watching you. But now I got the manager and the all-star closer standing there just staring at the me. The unhittable closer, yeah. The unhittable closer, yeah. thankfully, who was yeah. not on the mound. And I actually ended up with one hit right up the middle into the outfield. And and when Ned Yost was asked about it afterwards, uh, not about me, but just about the whole experience, he actually said in his TV interview, I was actually surprised that Joel hit a ball pretty well. And Ned actually never hit a ball out of the infield. So I actually did something that he didn't do. That's I was so scared. I I, I think Matt's going to put one out in the left field bleachers. You got it in you? Yeah. Sweet. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of work. I've been taking roids. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> no t- I'm getting ready. No, no, no testing. You yeah. can do whatever you want. That's a good point. Actually, that's a good point. I'm going to probably go to GNC right after this just to get ready. I don't even know when that event is. I'm looking forward to some of the other cool things that – I'm looking forward to the Royals and this and you know the the stuff we got out there is uh, once a month we get to go to uh, visiting and home team BP mm. on the field. That's awesome. Yeah, and like, the, but you talk about those interesting experiences that that are fun and like and as we kind of wind this episode down, I I think one of the things that all right we're going to see Elton John tonight. 
and we're doing it with some of our clients and connections and stuff like that. And I think one of the things that is important to remember as an entrepreneur or a founder or whatever is like, you got to have fun with what you're doing too. Mm -hmm. And there's ways to find that you can have fun and have memorable experiences. We've had fun in the suite so far, haven't we? Yeah, we have. It's been great. Yeah, and even for stuff like we Harlem Globetrotters or whatever, like Kelly Clarkson. All right, let's talk about that for a second. Her stage yeah. looks inappropriate. It looks yeah. like a penis. Really? It, without a doubt. Like uh, I, by I, design. I literally told my wife, I hmm. don't want to post a picture of this on Facebook because I'm afraid I'll get kicked off for inappropriate content. Anyway, Kelly, thank you for that. Cardi enjoyment. B was humping a piano at the Grammys. Yeah. That's, That's tame for her. So. Yeah, I guess so. It's the world we're living in. Yeah. Usually she'd be on it like naked or something. It's the Grammys, though. Well, you got to get noticed, right? But anyway, you know, having fun with what you do, and I think that's important. And, you know, Joel, you have fun with what you're doing, and it let gets you through the days when you're like, eh, I don't know if I really want to do this today, but I got it. Well, and I think that the important message to everyone that's listening, or not, although I guess if they're not, they won't get the message, but is that they're – you could find that fun and create that fun in a lot of ways. Like, you know, you guys are fortunate enough and, and you've, you've worked hard and you've had success and, and I know you've earned it and you've got the ability to provide this experience for other people. Maybe that's it, fun too. No, it, but that's no, fun too. But not everyone can go out there and say, afford to buy those sweets, but go out there and just do something fun. Go out there and do something that's going to bring people together. And that's, go why out we there. Like, well, that's why we like doing that with these right. like early stage startups and stuff too. Cause some of these folks are like, you know, they're 25. They're starting to do their first thing. And, and like, they're never going to get to do something like this, or at least not at this point. Well, and, but I also think it's motivating too, because, you know, like, here's what it could look like. I mean, this is all fueled with Watson's, you know, success. I mean, I'm just a passenger. I'm just, I'm like an announcer. I'm like you. I'm like the Joel Goldberg of full scale. That's why you're the cheese. Um, cheese. <laughs> um, so. I'm sorry. I keep thinking of old school. When, Matt, when the it, cheese, the Corsi. Yeah. I just want to be cheese, not the cheese. Okay. Matt, cheese, the Corsi. So, yeah. Uh, but no, I think that some of it too is is fun because, all right. So last night at dinner, I was I told you earlier, I was a total fanboy when I met uh, Barnett Hellsberg. Mm -hmm. You know, the Hellsberg diamond guy. I think that's a billionaire. Yeah. And it, it's not that I haven't met someone like that before, but the guy does so much awesome stuff for mm -hmm. Kansas City. Like I want – and like Valeral Holt was mm -hmm. at dinner last night, and he's one of my mentors. It's the founder of Car Star, and like just to, like being around people like that is super cool. But they are both purveyors of the future. You know, like – and that is a really important thing. And, you know, it, the same as – you know, knowledge transfer is like, that's not a new concept, but you got to pass these things on. And like, so what's easier to climb to the top of the mountain yourself or ask those on top to pull you up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I see like, uh, so Hellsberg has hemp, which is a great name, yep. the Hellsberg entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mentoring program, which Matt and I on Laurel's invite went down and participated in helping them create a program and some stuff like that. And I mean, Matt, don't you think that that's like, majorly important it's, for the it's next really gen. really valuable really really valuable to you know young or you know people that are early in their entrepreneurial journey we walked out of that like matt and i you know i, I mean it was a great checkup for me i mean we, we walked out of that and got in my truck and we knew we were coming back the next day and i looked over at matt and i was like dude we gotta come do stuff like this more often because it just like literally like first off it shook a bunch of like 
cobwebs out. Like, I'm like, oh my God, well, first off, we're not doing a lot of things real well. Maybe we need to examine that, but it was just also like the, you know, like that continuing education. So on that note, what did we learn on this podcast? A, I should be the big horse. <laughs> Watson can't rhyme anything with the word orange or mustard. Must Yeah. Do you want a shot at that real quick? Mm, let me think about it. Well, next we'll- episode. We say we we have okay. We've also learned not to say next episode, kind of like when we were going to profile a bunch of business documentaries and we told everyone what they were, and then we didn't do any of them. Eh. I watched them. What about mustard flavored custard? Does that count? No, man. No, no. I like the I like the effort though. Do you what? What I mean? It's the best I got. Weren't you okay? I'm I gonna, like the fact that he thought about it and put in the effort because I just moved on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we say there's important four letter words in life and the word next is one of them. Um, Don't you, aren't you still from like episode five? Didn't you lose something that required you to sing a Carly Rae Jepsen song? You know what? Are you supposed to sing Call Me Maybe? If you think it's that important, I will do it next week in Cebu karaoke style and we will record it oh my god Ooh. that sounds perfect for the startup hustle chat is that is that good yeah oh by the way so i'm also going to record uh getting jiggy with it then i went and i went and did a profile on an up-and-coming rock band last saturday and i was interviewing one of the guys and i randomly made him play me at rock paper scissors during the interview and i beat him twice in a row and he like looked at me he goes are you some kind of rock, paper, scissors, savant? So unbeknownst to you, <laughs> I, beat, I beat Matt at rock, paper, scissors, like 20 straight episodes, which the probability of that has got to be like in the billions. But how anyway. come you didn't have that kind of success calling the, the ketchup mustard relish race the year after they started? They stopped? Because they changed the game on me, man. So, you're no, they got, they so got, you are no savant. No. Well, I was like Rain Man. In 2014, like literally someone dropped a bunch of straws at the concession stand and I was like 43. It was really only like four, but I mean, it felt right. Yeah, that's good. Do you guys ever do that when people drop things on the floor? Do you ever just yell out a number no, like no, a rain man? No, It's because you guys don't see things the way I do. Okay, clearly Any, not. Anyway, Joel, thank you so much for coming Did in. Did we figure out what we learned? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> that could take years. Thanks for having Did me, Did we guys. learn anything? No. I learned a lot of stuff. Actually. Isn't it fun though, just to to just start talking about stuff? Yeah, that's pretty much the whole. Like, I I do have people ask me a lot. What kind of preparation goes into the podcast? None. Do any planning? No. Do you take any notes? Rarely. I feel like I have a much better idea now walking out of here how you guys have been so successful by have, having no plan and just the plan is there is no plan. No, I don't think I learned anything in terms of that. But I know you guys. <laughs> I know you guys have done very well. And I know you guys work hard and I know you guys are great with people. And I know that you guys never stop thinking that that entrepreneurial mind. I, I could go on and on about why you are successful. I just don't know that I learned it from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Startup Hustle.